Well, good morning again, church family. I'm excited about this Christmas season, even though it's been the most unusual year that probably any of us have experienced. But as you think about Christmas, I wonder, I saw a meme the other day and it said this, I wonder if it's too late to be good. Have you ever wondered that during Christmas? Maybe when you were a kid, you thought, oh, I've been pretty bad this year. Is there a, is there a threshold? Is there a stopping point where I need to be good so that I'll get gifts? Because all of us, uh, all of us want to feel loved. All of us want to feel special. And all of us want to receive a, a gift or gifts. And Christmas is about the greatest gift of all, the gift to all people. And his name is Jesus. And as we look this morning uh, at his uh, birth narrative, we're going to focus our attention on Mary, his mother today. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Luke chapter one. Uh, We're going to read where the angel appears to Mary uh, beginning in verse 26. So Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 26. If you'll read along with me uh, this familiar passage. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As Luke writes uh, this beautiful story, as he writes this section of scripture that speaks to God through the angel Gabriel visiting Mary, there's some wonderful things here and Luke sets the, sets the stage for us. He He tells us where it happened and he tells us who all the characters, all the players who are going to be involved in this miracle of God are. He speaks of of Gabriel, the mighty angel who visits Mary, God's messenger coming to her. He appeared to her in Nazareth of Galilee and We often think highly of Nazareth because that's where Jesus' family was from. But Nazareth was really a a kind of an unimportant town. It was really a small village. And some believe that Luke wrote Nazareth in here because 
people wouldn't know exactly where it was and he had to tell them Nazareth in Galilee so they would have an idea of what region Nazareth was in. And then he speaks to Joseph, the the stepdad of Jesus. But he says something very specific that we've looked at the last few weeks, that Joseph is from the house of David, signaling that the Messiah was truly going to come from the house of David, fulfilling the prophecies of old. He would be from the lineage of King David. And then there's this young girl, Mary, the virgin who is betrothed to Joseph. We think about betrothed as engaged, but it's more than that. It's it's a legally binding relationship that she and Joseph were in. They, They weren't married. They were not living together. But they're when a legally binding relationship and to end that relationship would have meant a divorce. And so here she is, greeted by this angel, this young girl who was engaged to be married and God shows up on her doorstep. And the angel says, greetings. It would be just like you and I saying, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Good to see you. And she's a little startled by that because she doesn't understand God's favor here in this moment. Because all this is happening unbeknownst to her while her cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant. And as God appears to her through Gabriel and says, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary doesn't know how to respond. She's confused. She's surprised by this appearance as probably all of us would be. What in the world is going on here? Confusion and maybe a little fear. Why am I being singled out? Why why is the angel talking to me? Even culturally, that would have been odd because the angel has a masculine feel and, and men and women didn't speak in just casual terms in the ancient world. And so she's confused, she's afraid. But quickly she's gonna learn just as you and I can learn each and every week, each and every day, that because of the promise of Jesus, we have no reason to fear. And Gabriel is about to express to her that very promise, the promise of Jesus. And she has no reason to fear because she's favored. God favors her. She has found favor in the eyes of God. An unmerited favor. She didn't deserve it. She didn't do anything to to get it. She wasn't good enough. God simply chose her. God decided to grant her his grace and his goodness. He decided to show her his loving, caring grace. He demonstrated favor to her above all others. And as you and I think about that favor that that Mary received, not because of who she was, where she was from, what she had accomplished, what her last name was, simply because God chose her. We need to be reminded that that God's favor, his grace extends to all of us. 
no matter who we are, where we're from, whether we think we're good or we think we're bad or we think we're somewhere in between, God extends his favor to all of us through his son, Jesus. Because that son that she would bear would carry that name, Jesus, which means salvation. His favor extends to all of us because his son, Jesus, offers salvation to all of us. He simply asks us to receive that salvation, to receive that gift of unmerited favor, to receive the gift of grace. That's what Jesus offers, is the gift of grace, the gift of salvation. And just like a gift that you give on Christmas or a birthday, it's not really a gift until it's received. And so as God gives us the gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, my prayer is that we would all receive that gift this season. And if you've never done that, you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and received the gift of salvation, I invite you today to simply say, God, I know I don't deserve it. I know that I've fallen short in so many areas, but today by faith, I receive the gift of Jesus. I put my faith and trust in him and him alone. And in that moment, you'll experience the gift of God's favor and grace, peace and joy, eternity with him. That's the promise of God, the promise of God that you no longer have to fear anything because you belong to God. There's no reason to fear anymore. You've been saved by his grace, by his power, by his love, and you have no reason to fear. And for those of us that have made that decision, we've received the gift of God's grace through Jesus. We have the promise of God and so we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear difficulty. We don't have to stress out over the chaos of this season because of a pandemic, because of turmoil in our society, because of financial issues, we can rest in him. We have no reason to fear because we can trust in the promise of God. And God's promise to us is wonderful, mighty, and eternal. The promise of Jesus is forever. The angel Gabriel describes God's promise to Mary in very specific, very vivid language what his, her son is going to be, what he will be. He will be great. He will be mighty. You know, his cousin John, who is going to be born six months before him, his cousin John was called great. But even John recognized the greatness of Jesus before his baptism. Jesus will be great. He will be the greatest. He will be the son of the most high. In the ancient world, people believed that the son was a carbon copy of the father. Not, not a clone, but, but a carbon copy, like the, son, the father's qualities, the father's physical qualities, the father's emotional qualities qualities, his character were, were going to be passed down to the son. 
And so to say you're the son of the most high God means you were, in our terms, kind of a carbon copy. And the movies try to show us that all the time. They, they try to capture this idea of carbon copy. You might have seen the movie Gemini Man. Or of course, Star Wars. That series has it filled with cloning and carbon copies and continuing on. And there was a movie called Us that did the same thing. And even the Santa Claus franchise, when Tim Allen tries to recreate himself so that he can go and find a wife. We, we see this all over the place where we try to imitate or mimic the father and yet Jesus here is called son of the most high God. He is God with skin. He is God in the flesh, the word made flesh. What God is doing here and explaining to Mary is that God is going to gift us himself. Mighty, eternal, a kingdom that will last forever. He will be the rightful king of the Jews and his kingdom will never end. And as I think about these characteristics and I think about what the angel Gabriel said to Mary, I can imagine if I was there, my mind could not comprehend what he was saying. And I believe she's amazed as well, not at the, the truth of this event or the disbelief that this event couldn't happen. I don't think she had doubts that the Messiah was coming. She wasn't surprised that Gabriel was announcing the arrival of the Messiah. I think what she was surprised about is that she was the Messiah's mother and that she would be the one to bear the Messiah. How can this be is her question we would ask the same thing. How can this be? Because I'm still a virgin. Her question was not a question of doubt, but simply of how is it gonna happen? I don't know how it's gonna happen, so please tell me. And so I wonder as we look at the, the story of Mary, I wonder are, are we like Mary and we ask those questions, how? Lord, I, I believe you can do it. I believe you will do it. But God, how are you going to do it? Or are we more like Zechariah, who is John the Baptist's father? And when it was announced to him that his wife Elizabeth would have a son in her old age, he was like, ha, no way. It's not going to happen. Disbelief was his response. And he was a man of faith. And yet he didn't believe that God could do all things. And so I wonder, which are we? Are we more like Mary where we believe, but we wonder how? God's okay with questions. God's okay with us going to him and, and wondering, God, I, I don't know what you're up to here. I trust you. I believe you, but I'm not sure what's happening. Help me understand or are we more like Zachariah and we think, oh God, no, you couldn't do that. Even that's too big for you. I want to invite you this Christmas season to understand that God can do anything because Mary knew, Mary knew that in her mind, 
physiologically, the odds of bearing a child of, as a virgin were 0%. But no matter the odds, we need to trust God to keep his promise. No matter what the odds say, I want to encourage you to trust God to keep his promises. He will see you through. Mary wasn't quite sure how the promise was going to happen. But, Mary, but Gabriel explained it to her. It was very simple. The Holy Spirit was going to come over her. Overshadow is the word that's used, which means to envelop like a cloud. I, I, I love flying. I love traveling. And I, and I always wonder what it would be like to just kind of sit in a cloud because when you're flying through it, you, you don't really get the experience, you don't understand, but what it would be for a cloud just to kind of sit around you. It, it was going to be a divine moment for Mary where Mary got to experience the presence of God in her life in a unique way. That's how God was going to do it. So that this promise, Jesus, would be fully God and fully man. And Gabriel said, oh, by the way, since we're talking about promises, since we're looking at miracles, when you're wondering about the odds of how this can happen, your cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant, even in her old age. And so remember, there's nothing too hard for God, for he always keeps his promises. Do not fear, do not stress, don't be anxious. Even as we move into this Christmas season, I wanna invite you when we're, we might be nervous about family dynamics and people coming together and the safety of our friends and family, as we're wondering about what 2021 is gonna be like, let me remind you that we don't have to fear that God keeps his promises. We may not know how, but God is with us. God is with us, giving us his unmerited favor, his grace. And he's asking us to trust him. And my prayer is that we would be like Mary, who responded in faith and said, behold, pay attention, Gabriel. <laughs> I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In this season, may we say, I'm a servant of the Lord. And God, I trust you. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing that our God can't do. And so let's sing that great truth that there's nothing our God can't do.